news, uh, but we'll go on and celebrate. Happy New Year to you and your family. Hope it's filled with all of the things you want to accomplish, but a uh, fun fact for you, uh, New Year's resolutions only last eight weeks, so don't get ahead of yourself just yet. It only last eight weeks, but hopefully you can make it through the whole year and get some of those things you want done that you want accomplished. Uh, we're glad that you're here, and uh, if you're new at Journey, we want to start off on the right foot and uh, say we believe that we're better together. Amen? And we believe we do that in small groups of people. we got small groups that meet every single week. And if you would like to get more information about that, you can head to guest services before you leave today. And they will have some que- uh, answers to your questions if you have any about small groups. You can also comment groups on the live stream. And uh, someone will reach out to you this week and get you connected in a group uh, that you would be uh, welcome in. You're welcome in any group. You can join any time. No time limit. We're not tracking attendance, anything like that. Uh, we just want to see you when we can see you because we know that life gets messy. Say messy. We know life gets messy, and uh, it's okay because Jesus can clean us up, and we really do believe that we can be better together in small groups of people. So join a group if you're not in one already. Uh, have any questions, see guest services or comment groups online if you're watching online. We're kicking off the new year uh, with a new series. Uh, called What's Needed Most. Uh, we're going into the book of Proverbs, so if you got a Bible, go on, open that up, go to Proverbs. If you're following on your phone, uh, go to the Bible app and follow along there in the book of Proverbs as well. Uh, we're answering this question, what really is needed most uh, when we're going into this new year, 2024? Let's go on and get started. Well, we do welcome you to uh, In Between. We're in between uh, our Christmas a few days ago and our New Year's in a couple of days. And uh, so I'm going to get you to dive in here with me for a series that we're going to spend a few weeks looking at uh, what the Bible tells us from the book of Proverbs. And uh, if you've got a Bible and you're taking a few notes or you want to look on the screen, We might as well begin right here. Proverbs has God's wisdom words for all of us to follow. And and really we can discover together what we need to know before we turn the page and we move the calendar and we start a new year. And uh, Proverbs starts out in chapter 1 verse 7, which I'm going to read here in just a moment, with this uh, sort of the baseline of the rest of the book of Proverbs, or it's kind of the premise of everything else in Proverbs. So if you're taking notes or look on the screen, uh, this one sentence that really does matter a lot, Proverbs begins with, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you have to put that word fear in the blank if you are following along with me or you're home watching online. And when I talk about fear, I don't mean like... 
I'm afraid to get on a ladder or I'm afraid to fly in an airplane or I'm afraid to get in an elevator. I don't mean that kind of a phobia. I mean the fear of God is like the respect and reverence of who God is and that he is, he is powerful. It's a bit like electricity. I don't know how else to describe it to you, but fearing something that is powerful in a healthy way is like understanding when your mom says, do not put your finger in the plug. It might sting just a little bit. And it's that kind of power, and if it's a lot of power at once, not just a little plug in the wall, uh, it can take your life. You know, 20 or 30,000 volts of electricity going through us might be the end of us. And so understanding God's wisdom words begins with that premise that we have to learn to respect, a holy respect and reverence of who God is. So say amen to that one thought and one line. Say amen. That's probably enough for the whole book. If you never come back and you never look at any more in the book of Proverbs, you're never going to be a very wise person if you don't get that far. I'm telling you, everything else i got to say over the next several weeks is really not going to matter. I can't help you if you don't get that far. You've got to respect and honor God and His power to bring you into this world and take you out of this world like electricity. He can light up your world and make it really great, but he can also take your life from you uh, if it's his choice. And so having this fear and respect of God is a good place to start. And so Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, let's put it on the screen if we haven't already. Let's look at that verse. The fear of the Lord really is. The fear of the Lord is what you need to know next before you turn the page. This respect of God, honor of God, reverence of God, that's where we got to go. That's where we have to start right now. And I hope this helps get us aligned with God because I'm telling you, everybody's got a story and there are things that have happened already today in your life, already at Christmas, in your family. Already just a few moments ago, before we started speaking about Proverbs, there are thoughts that are racing through your head about your health or your maybe your children or your grandchildren. or, or I'm just saying, all of this doesn't matter. None of this really matters. All the things that we're thinking, unless we can get this one line very clear, the fear of the Lord is where it all starts, that we become wiser. We find wisdom that really matters. Say, wiser? Not a wise guy, but wiser with God's wisdom. That's where it really starts, making the most of every opportunity before we turn the page into a brand new year. We have to fear and respect God like electricity. we got to know what it is before you try to touch it. you got to know what it is before you put your finger in there. Because it might really hurt if you don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to try to guide you through this tonight. And tomorrow, I'm going to give you three thoughts. These are not hard outlines. They're short outlines. And uh, you're going to see that it's something that everybody can grab a few thoughts, like little nuggets or gems off the shelf. I think it's going to help all of us. So uh, here's what I want to tell you about Proverbs to start with. Proverbs is not like anything else in the Bible. It's It's unlike all the other stuff in the Bible. So... Uh, what I'm what I'm trying to describe to you is like there's 39 books 
Genesis through the end of the Old Testament, Genesis, 39 books. There's uh, 27 books, Matthew through the end of the book, Revelation. There's 39, 27. Uh, you put them all together and add them up, you know, you got 66 books or letters in the Bible and 800,000 words. So there's a lot of words, a lot of pages, a lot of chapters, a lot of titles. But out of all of that, Proverbs is unique. It's different. It's, it's, not, it's not normal in that it's not like those other kind of places in the Bible. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean that it's kind of different? Well, a lot of the other places that you go read into the Bible are stories that you never forget, like Noah in the flood, Daniel in the lion's den, uh, David killed Goliath, all those kind of stories that you heard in Sunday school and Bible school and, I don't know, church camp or whenever you, somebody shared a story with you that sticks. There's lots of stories in the Bible like that, and they stay with us forever, and there are a lot of them in the Bible, but Proverbs isn't like that. Say, not like that? Okay, it's not like that. And, and there's other things in the Bible, those 800,000 words, that are... They're like letters that you wrote to your sweetheart. Maybe you wrote a letter to your sweetheart. Oh, you know, and it lasted, you know, like your pen pals, and you just kept communicating. And they're personal, and you tell things about yourself, and you hope to see each other soon. And so there's letters like in Galatians to the church at Galatia, or there's letters to the church at Ephesus about the church. There's personal letters that the Apostle Paul and other authors of the New Testament they wrote letters, and it was personal about people, and they had real names like Bob and Bill and Jim, even though it sounded different than that. They're letters. So Proverbs isn't like a letter to a friend or a person or a town or a church. Proverbs is not like that. Say, not like that? All right, now you got it. So Proverbs and all of the books of the Bible, all the letters, 66, 39, 27, 800,000, Words, it's not like that. Proverbs is a little different. It's not about a place or people and events. It's just not. It's unique. And jot this down if you're still with me. It's a collection of wise saints. So put that in there. That's what it is. It's a collection. And, and maybe you've got from your grandpa. My granddaddy said... I don't know, maybe he said something really wise and it was his catchphrase and you never forgot it. You know, you hear me say all the time, God is good. I think everywhere I've gone for the last 45 years, everybody's heard me say that and they keep, they, they kind of attach that as my phrase, God is good, it's in the Bible. But it's a short little phrase and it kind of identifies a little wisdom or nugget of information in the Bible and that's what this is like. Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings. So let's look at a couple things that I can give you an example. Here's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. I'll read a couple of these. The first to present his case. If you get to the head of the line first, if you get to see mom first before your brother or sister gets there and has their version of what really happened, the first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and has more information, questions him. So Proverbs 18, 17, is not going, that's not a, 
This is not going to be a book. It's just one verse. But there's a little nugget of truth like common sense. And if you look at that, verse eight, verse 17 out of chapter 18, Proverbs 18, you can see like, yeah, that's probably true. I get, I get that. That makes sense. Here's another one. What I mean that Proverbs is like a collection of wise sayings. For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But many advisors make victory sure. Two heads are better than one. Say amen. If you've got a president, if you've got a governor, if you've got a basketball coach, if you've got a preacher that won't listen to anybody else, you're ready to lose a game or two. Say amen. You need a little help. Everybody does. And two heads really are better. So it's common sense. And, and that's what Proverbs is like. And that's why you need Proverbs in 2024, and that's why we need it all the time. Because it really is like common sense, and we need to be reminded where does that common sense come from. And remember I said, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the beginning of your wisdom begins by respecting God like He is somebody, like He's powerful, like He's like electricity. He's like volts of lightning that's running through me, and I'd better be careful or He might knock my socks off. Amen? That's who He is. And He's putting this stuff in here for us to pay attention. It's not just in there to fill up paper on a page and say, okay, now here's the Bible, let's print one. He wants you to read it, he wants you to listen to it, and he says, I want you to get ahead and I'm rooting for you this year. I want you to have a great year, but it begins by paying attention to stuff that just like common sense, but it really is true. Here's another, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. All right? fellow that gets too big for his britches, probably going to be in trouble. Say amen? I mean, who couldn't get that? That's what he's talking about. So don't get too big for your britches. You've got to kind of get a feel for the book of Proverbs or you're not going to enjoy it. And so I'm just trying to help you understand that this is a collection of wise sayings, little phrases, a lot that we can learn that is God's wisdom, things that can be learned and gained with some insight if we'll just unpack it for a minute and take a look. Here's another thing. It's a book of principles and not promises. Put that down. You're not taking any notes. You're not going to go out of here... Heck, I don't care. That's all right. But remember verse, remember chapter 1, verse 7. Wisdom begins first with the fear and respect of God. If You've you got to get that much because none of the rest is going to help. But honestly, take a few notes. You know, jiggle something down, write something down. It's, it's unlike other books because it's a collection of wise sayings, and it's also a book about principles, not promises. Proverbs is not like the laws of Deuteronomy or like the the laws of Leviticus, or it's not like all the names in the Bible and numbers. It's not like those kind of lessons in the Bible with promises. It's, it's really principles. Now, why is that really important for us to understand? It's so that you can understand that you can, you can, all, you can all of us can together take these principles and take them to heart, but you need to understand that sooner or later, there are going to be some exceptions to the rule. So it's not a guarantee like a promise. 
A promise is a guarantee that this is going to happen, but a principle is this could happen if you follow my instructions. And so that's what's in Proverbs. Proverbs has these principles that most of the time they really do work. It's not a guarantee because there's exceptions to these principles. It's not a rule that's a promise that never changes, but it really is a principle that most of the time is going to work. Let me give you an example. Look at this. Here's a, here's a proverb you probably know more than any of them. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child. That's the one you probably heard. Train up a child in the way he should go, and then when he is old, he will not turn from it. So raise your hand if you ever heard that one. Well, some of you. All right. Well, I just read it to you, so not everybody heard it. So raise your hands. Everybody's raise your hands. You heard it now. So I just read it if it's the first time you ever heard it. We know that is, we know that's true, that train up a child the way he should go. Train up a child. That's a principle. Train up a child to follow God, listen to God, learn from God, pick good friends, not get too big for his britches, you know, have fear and respect of God and that God is all-powerful. Train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah, that makes sense. And then when he is old, he will not turn from it. We know that's true, but it's not a guarantee. What do I mean? That it's true, but not a guarantee. Everybody knows somebody who's got some knucklehead. I was a knucklehead. Everybody knows somebody that no matter how hard that your Sunday school teacher tried to tell you the golden rule, you were wanting to be stubborn, and you wanted to be a knucklehead, and so you... You were going the other way. Say, other way? There are exceptions to the rule, and it might have been you. So look at somebody and say, it wasn't me. So turn and say, it wasn't me. Turn, look at somebody and say, it wasn't me. You didn't turn your head. Look at somebody. It wasn't me. It really, I'm telling you the truth, guys. There's this promise in the Proverbs that if you train up a child in the way he should go when he is old, he'll follow God and he'll be true to God. But it's not a guarantee. You have to do the homework, and they have to choose God. Amen? Makes sense. Yeah, it's, that's what Proverbs is all about. It's not like I go to church and I got the card in my pocket and so now it's a guarantee that all my kids are going to turn out okay. It's not a guarantee, but it is a principle. And so that's what we learn from Proverbs, that, that they really are true. It doesn't mean they're not true because you got somebody that's a black sheep of the family that went astray. It's not a book of promises that if you go to church, you're never going to get sick. Or if you love God and give your money as a tithe, that you're going to be rich and famous. But it is a principle that most of the time, your kids are going to turn out okay. They're going to turn out to be a good peach and the person that you hope they might be. If you raise him and her with Christian principles, they'll become adults with godly values and beliefs and a good work ethic. They'll have the whole package. That's a principle. It's not a promise and guarantee for every person, but that's generally the way it works. Will you say amen? Mm -hmm. Your family tree has some exceptions, and I was one as well. Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, book of principles, not promises. It's unlike any other book. Uh, it, it has a lot of things for us that are collected and compiled over 3,000 years ago that are still true today that God has preserved for us. And if you just pay attention to a few of them, it really will help. 
it really will make a difference. They are just as relevant and just as important as a guide as they were 3,000 years ago. Check this one out, Proverbs chapter 11, or Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 1, the first six verses I skipped. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, and king of Israel, and then he describes what the purpose of the Proverbs are. He tells us who's writing. I, I'm Solomon, I'm the son of David, I'm the king of Israel, and I'm the author of what's found in Proverbs. And he tells us why he wrote Proverbs. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Mouthful of words, a whole lot of words. But these are the reasons that Proverbs probably need to do it often because Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, son of David, tells us that he is the guy who came up with this and wrote it all down so that we might learn how to be wise. So these are not just little cute sayings that somebody is going to print on your calendar every January like a Hallmark calendar and you're going to have a little kitty cat or you're going to have a little puppy dog or you're going to have a little animal or a friend and put little funny, sunny, funny sayings on certain days on the calendar. It's different than that. This really is gems and nuggets of God's wisdom for us to find that we can apply and use in our everyday kind of life. And they will help us find wisdom and discipline if we take just a few moments to jot a few down. So the first thing that I've said tonight about Proverbs in this study before we change the number on the year is that uh, Proverbs is unlike any other book in the Bible. And here's the second thing put on the screen, Fred, if you will. There's two kinds of people that are identified in Proverbs, and you're one of the two people that I'm going to read here in just a minute. There, there are two kinds of people, two types of people that are identified, and we fit into one of these categories here. One of them is what the, the writer Solomon says he calls the righteous or prudent or disciplined or wise person. So put that in that blank. You have that person who would be called righteous, and then you have the second kind of person who's called the wicked or foolish or, or simpleton or sluggard or bad guy or whatever other name. You've got a good guy and a bad guy, whatever you want to call that, but you've got the righteous and the wicked. And they're in, they're in the Proverbs, and there's these two groups of people, and we're going to fit into one or the other more frequently than we like to admit. But that's what's in here, and that's for you to decide. I'm not here to judge you, and it's none of my business. But you need to decide and go back to chapter 1, verse 7 that we started with. Do you fear and respect God and pay attention to God like you ought to? Do you honor him and respect him? And do you understand that he has the power to do anything he chooses to do? Does your everyday living experience begin with this wisdom that comes from the fear and respect and honor of God? Say amen. If you're not doing that, you're not very wise. And that's how you end up sliding over into this other category, which is called the unwise group or the, the wicked, the simpleton, the foolish, the lazy, the 
person that you don't want to be. We're all just people, and I tell you what, it's, uh, nobody gets it right all the time. We're not Jesus, but there is a lot of help for us in Proverbs, and uh, we, we should make daily choices about trying to be wise and not foolish or wicked. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So that's the question. That's what he's talking about. Uh, you have people who are the good guys, the righteous, and the ones that are teachable and ones that will listen. Are you teachable? If you're looking right at your child and your child is stomping their foot or your child is trying to be rebellious, they're not teachable. If your child is trying to go behind your back and trying to uh, act up or act out or misbehave after they know right from wrong, then they're not being very wise. And they're children, and we expect that. But you know what? We grow up and become adults, and we're doing the same thing as big people. And that's not very wise. So we can identify that in a child. Can you identify it in yourself? as a grown-up person, as a grown-up adult person whose activity and behavior sometimes resembles an irresponsible child. And uh, that's where we want to go with Proverbs. Do we, fear the, do we fear the Lord or don't we? And do we do it in the right way? That's the theme of the book of Proverbs, and you're going to hear this over and over. Do, do not be wise in your own eyes. Look at verse 7 of chapter 3. Here's another part. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You get on social media or you listen to one of your neighbors across the fence. He thinks you got the best farm in the county. He likes your pickup truck. You got more money in your pocket than anybody that he's ever met before. And people start telling you that you're a really smart guy. Maybe you're not so smart after all. If you're not really respecting and fearing God, as Proverbs chapter 1 says, where wisdom really begins with the fear and respect and reverence of God, we're not starting each day there. Maybe we're not being so smart after all. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That would be foolish. But fear the Lord and shun evil. Pick your friends. Pick your friends carefully, not just people that flatter you. But people who will tell you the truth, that, buddy, you need to grow up. And they need to look you in the eyeball. And they need to be honest with you. Like, that's not good enough. You can do better. And you can do more. And God expects that from all of us with our children, but he also expects that with us as his adults, his family. Here's another, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I said we're going to read that over and over, and it's all over the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is where it all starts. If you're not respecting and if you're not respecting and fearing God in an honorable way, uh, you're probably not as wise as you need to be or should be. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and and knowledge of the Holy One is where understanding comes from. Do you know God? Do you respect God? Do you honor God with your personal private life? Not for an hour at somebody's church that said, I went to church this week. Are you honoring God with your personal life behind the door where nobody else is but you and God? That's what it says. Here's Proverbs chapter 14, verse 10, verse 2. He whose walk is upright, he's not wobbling, he's not stumbling, 
fears the Lord. There's that same phrase. Respects God, honors God, realizes that God is like electricity, like you got to respect like electricity. It's powerful. Well, God is too. We got to start with that. He, he whose walk is upright fears the Lord, but he whose ways are devious despises him. Do you know any devious people? Raise your hand. Say amen. Sometimes we are. Come on. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're, we're cooking up some scheme that we shouldn't be scheming. Say amen. You all better start smiling at me because I know you pretty well. I'm telling you the truth and you know me too. And we can do that. We know that when we see that in a child, but do you know that when you see that in an adult person? Because we are God's children. And I'm telling you, this isn't easy growing up and being more like Jesus. Oh, we can do it for about an hour. We look pretty good when we get cleaned up and dressed up and we stand up and we sing up and we pray up. We do it pretty good for about an hour. But what about the other times in our life? That's what he's asking us. He's asking us, if you really want to be wise, do you do this all the time in your everyday walk around life? So Proverbs is one of those books that will kind of tug on you and pull on you and say, wait a minute, you're not the boss. Don't get too big for your britches. It's not a, it's not a book that like God's going to write you a love letter and you know Jesus is your friend. It's not that kind of a book. It's a different kind of part of the Bible that wants us to grow deeper faith and understanding of God and respect God and honor God. And that's where our real wisdom begins. That's the foundation of real wisdom. And if you're not doing that, if you're not demonstrating that, that's the line that's drawn in the dirt between those who are wise and those who are foolish. So don't be foolish. Say amen. Try your best beginning tonight and tomorrow before we turn the page here in just about 48 hours to 2024 and everybody says Happy New Year, try your best to make a recommitment, a renewal of your commitment to the fear and respect of God like He's electricity. Like He could knock your socks off if He wants to. Because He can. <laughs> respect and honor God's point of view before you decide to follow your your own ideas and dreams. Here's number three. Three takeaways, and we'll see if this helps in getting Proverbs started. I hope it's helped you tonight. And you guys, if you're listening online or you catch it later, I hope it helps. If you're taking notes, what I've got here is the, the line that's going to separate these two people that are found in Proverbs, the, the righteous and the wicked. The line that separates this is found in a question. You're not going to like this question either. But it's the only question that matters in chapter 1 and the rest of the book of Proverbs. So i got to ask it, because that's the question I'm talking about in this whole lesson so far tonight for the last 20 minutes or so. Here's where the line gets drawn that I've just been repeating for several minutes. And you probably can guess what the question is. Do you fear the Lord? That's the most important question. Oh, I, I didn't ask you, did you go to church last week? I didn't ask you, did you say your prayer this morning? Or I didn't ask you, have you read the Bible today? I didn't ask you, did you put any money in the offering plate last week? I didn't ask you any of those kind of questions that church people ask all the time. But I'm telling you, the most important question I could ask you that's in the book of Proverbs about wisdom is, do you fear God and respect God or not? And so... 
I think probably the easy answer for most of us is probably yes. We probably say, yes, I do. But here's where it gets difficult is that if we really do fear and respect and honor God, it'll change the way that we live and we think. He won't let you be what you want to be. Because I can tell you what you and I want to be. We want to be selfish and just about us and whatever we want to do for ourselves. And, and he's not wanting us to be that kind of person. And so the big question here is, do we have this kind of righteous fear so much that we're willing to change who we are? Are you the same buster that you were last year? Are you the same person that you were last week? Are you the same person that you were two years or five years? Are you changing or not? Are you scared of what God might do? Are you respecting and fearing what God might do like what electricity can do if you don't handle it and respect it correctly? Electricity is great on a cold day when it's cold outside and you can plug in an electric heater and you can snuggle up close to wherever it's coming from it really feels good and it's absolutely safe and it's absolutely controlled because you've got a little knob there with high and low. But when it's out of control, when electricity's out of control and when there's too much power and it's like an overload of power, that's when we begin to respect the danger of power. And so people go to church a lot and people say, I, I pray a lot and people... People talk a lot about fearing God, but we fear God in like the way that we fear a policeman, a state, a state patrolman. Like, I fear them and I hope I don't get caught and get a ticket. But I'm still, as soon as I pass those blue lights that they got the other buddy, I'm going to move back to 75 miles an hour wherever I want to drive because I'm okay now. And so that's different than fear and respect of whatever the law is and are driving that should say everywhere I go, I want to change my driving habits. Are you changing your living habits? Not just for fear that you might get caught or somebody might find out that you really are a rascal. Say rascal. Yeah, it might not be welcome back or whatever. What God wants us to do is if you really do get this, what we're talking about in Proverbs, that wisdom begins with the fear and respect of God like electricity is, that we enjoy how much God loves people and loves me and loves everybody. John 3.16, for God so loved all of us, but we don't take that for granted. We really do want to do what God wants us to do and change and be a better version of ourselves. And that's when we began to see a difference. So Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. And that's when you begin to understand that you're changing. When somebody says there's something different about you, and you're not really sure how to answer that, and you've been going to church at Journey or somebody's church, and you've been reading and praying, and you've been trying your best to stop saying bad words and having bad thoughts and, You've been trying to be a kind person and share your resources with the church and with other people. When you can see your life is changing because you are learning to fear and respect God and you want to be wise and you want to, you want to do what the Bible talks about, being this kind of righteous and wise person, not the foolish and wicked person. When you 
when you decide that you're going to do that, what happens is people notice that. And they notice that the things that you used to want to do, you don't want to do anymore. Say amen. The things that were evil outside of God's word, Bible, his will for people like us, we decide that I don't have to do that anymore. I don't need that anymore because I love and respect and fear God. And the question is, do we fear God enough that we hate evil? Because God hates evil. God hates sin. That's what it is. Do we love God so much that we want to be like God, our Heavenly Father? That's what he's asking us to consider. And it is a challenge, and it really is a hard thing to do, and it's a process. But God will help us this year. God will work with us every day. Every day that you have on this earth, God will work with all of us. God loves us, and he is a friend that's closer than a brother, and Jesus is for us and not against us, and all those things are true, and we should cherish that, and we should embrace that and enjoy that. But we shouldn't take advantage of it. It's like electricity on a cold day. It sure is nice to have electricity and you got heat in your house, but you shouldn't take advantage of it. You really should respect and honor everything that comes. Every good and perfect gift does come from God. And we should begin to respect and honor God for what it is that we receive from him when we begin to hate evil. Get God's wisdom, That's what that comes first, and it comes with fear and respect and reverence for God is what Solomon tells us. And then you can write this down too, the creator God who loves us more than a friend, he really is the God who wants us to be the best version of ourselves that we can possibly, possibly be this year. What a friend we have in Jesus it is true. Just don't forget that God is a powerful, just, and forever judge of the universe. And we should respect him like electricity. Or he can knock our socks off like sticking your finger in a plug. It's the truth. So don't leave too quickly Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 that the wisdom that we need this year... The fear of the Lord is where we need to start. And on, honestly, in the world that we live in today, guys, real quick, before I do communion, real quick, if you're not careful with all the social media stuff that we see and the television and the entertainment and the world and the culture that we're in right now, whether it's sports, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. If we're not careful, our desire to be relevant in our culture may turn out to be foolish. Relevance isn't what you need. Holy and righteous behavior is what we need. And that comes with wisdom and fear and respect of God. Wisdom comes from honoring and respecting God 
like electricity. If you guys will pass the communion, I'm going to read a little verse of scripture here. We're going to take communion. I'll grab one. Everybody take a cup. We've got two cups and the crackers on the bottom. Put that one in your mouth. on to the juice just for a second. Go ahead and take the cracker. I've said a lot of things tonight that are challenging. It's even challenging to me. This is hard to do. But it is important. And it makes me think like a little child might think tonight. In Matthew chapter 19, then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. You might be an old person chronologically on the calendar. I'm not as young as I used to be. But in God's eyes, we're all children. And where we need to go right now, before we walk out of here, is where a little kid goes when they're in trouble. Or they don't want to go there. They don't want to admit they did something wrong. They don't want to confess and tell the truth and let everybody in the room know like I did it they may have tears and... but the only way to get better is to go and let Jesus put his hands around us his arms around us and the disciples didn't realize that and sometimes we who are grown up people don't realize that let me read it again. Then little children were brought to Jesus by their parents for him to place his hands on them and pray for them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Maybe you're thinking, this isn't for me, buddy. You got the wrong guy. I'm not some kid. I'm an old man. I'm an old woman. I'm a grown-up. Don't talk to me like that. Don't give me any advice. I'm not listening. No, you're not. You're a child of God. If you have a relationship with God, with Jesus, you are a child of God, and you're like a little child that needs to come closer. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When you're all broke up inside and when you're all busted inside, like you just got in trouble. You just got busted. Mom found out. Dad found out. 
I thought I told you not to do, and then you did it, and whatever it was came out, and you're like a wreck, and like your 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 life is a mess, and you're like I I don't want to talk or see anybody right. I mean, when this happens to us, and we're a kid, it's the same thing like us when we get grown up. We don't want to go talk to God about this. We don't want anybody to know about this. But Jesus says, let them come on over here for a second. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. He loved on those children that were children. And he'll do the same for you and I right now. Don't run away. Just go to him and say, I'm sorry. I got too big for my britches. I thought I was the boss. I need to grow some more wisdom. And that preacher's right. It's in the Bible. I need that kind of wisdom. The fear and respect of God needs to begin right now. Together? Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you very much. I got a chance to talk to these folks on Saturday night and maybe online somewhere else. And I sure don't have it all figured out. And I'm not doing it right, not all the time. I need to continue like a child, tucking my tail between my legs and coming over and sitting on Jesus' lap and saying, Jesus, I'm sure sorry. I didn't handle that very well, did I? Thank you for grace and mercy and forgiveness as we took communion and we remember the cross. May we now feel better like when our parents come and hug us after it's all over and punishment and discipline's over and we know they still love us. May we let Jesus and everybody in heaven rejoice that we've come home again, that we've turned ourselves in and said, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me by the blood of Jesus and make things better? Thank you for doing that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Say amen. We're going to sing another song. And you guys who are home, I hope that you uh, can join us and hope you have a good 2024 as we ring in the new year. But let us know how to help you. Let's stay connected and start with Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. That's where wisdom really starts. It begins by fearing God like he's electricity and he has power. He can knock our socks off if we don't pay attention. So let's listen to God and his guidance. Thank you. And you guys who are here, as soon as we pass these trays, we're going to sing another song. You want to pray?